I'm covered. Ah, oh, you guys, you guys in a good mood this morning? I, I really am. Clap your hands if you're in a good mood. That's good. There you go. Tell you, Jen, my Jen, my daughter had surgery this week, and she's really struggling. And uh, she was okay for the last couple of days, and this morning she struggled. But to know, I mean, this morning she was here trying to do it, and, and uh, she couldn't. And so she's back at home. But to have Bob Zaz here, Bob's a volunteer. Um, and to have Bob Zaz here, and to have our band, and every single week, regardless of who's up here, to have that quality music, um, amen is right. Amen is right. Have you ever heard those ads on the radio where they promise something really, really good and they lay it all out for you and then at the end they talk so fast that you have no idea what they're saying? You can't catch it, they're talking so fast. And then you watch television, you see this commercial that comes on and and they're promising you in this commercial something amazing, this amazing deal. But in the bottom left-hand corner or right-hand corner, there's this tiny writing that you can hardly make out and it comes up so fast and goes away, you have no idea what it actually said because you couldn't see it, let alone, even if you could see it, unless you're a speed reader, you have no idea what, what what, what it said. That's their way of making a promise and breaking the promise at the same time. That's what you're getting. You're getting a promise and you're getting your promise broken at the exact same time. We're starting a new series this morning called Resting in God's Promises. I've been looking forward to doing this series. I'm excited about it. Uh, Resting in God's Promises. And each week throughout the church... There are going to be different places where God's promises are put up all over, and it'll keep expanding. And I would love it if you would take the time to read those promises and, and reflect on those promises and, and just take the time to, you know, to stand upon them. There'll be a chance maybe you can stand on the promises, that you can pray through the promises. Most of all, I'd love you to believe in the promises that you read, to believe in them, take the time to read them and believe in them and to remember those promises because boy, we go through it in life sometimes and we need promises, not promises that are kind of thrown out there and then taken back, not promises that are dangled in front of you and snatched away with, with clever words or fast talk but promises that we can depend on. So read them, believe them, Pray through them. Remember them. That is our desire. We're going to start in in Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 10. It says, Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. You know, as I began this study on the promises of God, I was encouraged by what Peter said in 2 Peter 1.4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You know, there are literally thousands, thousands of promises that God has given us in his word that we can depend on. And my desire in this series is, 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 to, is to allow you to better appreciate, try to allow you to better appreciate and understand God's promises and how they specifically apply to each of our lives and our lives as a church. 
These promises aren't kind of like out there somewhere and you're like some kind of fortune cookie or, or your, your horoscope where you have to kind of try to figure out how to fit them into your life. Oh, that kind of makes sense. These are promises that God has given us that apply directly to our lives. And that's why I'm telling you, read them. Understand, try to understand them. Own them. Remember them because these apply specifically to your life and to my life and to the life of this church and how we're going to live our lives in the days to come. God has given us amazing promises. In Genesis chapters 6 through chapters nine, to chapter 9, we're told of God's decision to flood the entire earth and destroy all men and animals because of how wicked and violent people had become. The only exception to this is Noah and his family. Those are the, that's the only exception. God told Noah to build an ark, and he said, and go out and get a pair of every kind of animal and every kind of bird. You know the story. So Noah goes out and builds the ark, and he took all the animals onto the ark, and he took his family onto the ark, and then the floods came, destroying the entire earth. You know the story, how it goes, and the rain then stops, and the, and the waters subside, and dry land then reappears. And God enters into a covenant with Noah. Then there, there is a rainbow given. God gives a rainbow in the sky as a constant reminder of his, this everlasting covenant between God and his creation. He gives this covenant. He gives this promise to all of creation. You know, I think we often teach this story to our children because it's, it's, it's a really amazing story. It's an amazing story. We think, boy, our kids, they'll like this story about the flood and, you know, the ark and the animals and the whole thing. And, and we forget as adults the application to our own lives, how great the application is to us as, adult, as adults. This story has so much to offer us, so much to offer if we just listen. So let's look at the account of Genesis and learn of God's promise to Noah, this promise that, that he built his entire life upon. The foundation of his life was built upon God's promises. You know, you know what I've realized as we go into this? You know what I've realized? In life, our choices bring on floods. In life, in our lives, your, your life, my life, in our lives, our choices bring on floods. It's amazing. The first thing that you notice in this story, Noah's story, is pretty straightforward. It's a pretty straightforward promise. And that is that God promises to confront our sin. God is going to confront sin. If we are living that kind of life, if we're making those kinds of choices, then God is going to confront that. I, I guess one way to put it is, if you're choosing to sin, you're going to choose to bring on the rain. If I choose a sin in my life, then I am choosing to bring on the rain. God is going to confront that sin. Now, when we think of Noah's time, we often think of people who are always getting wasted and chasing after prostitutes and stealing and, and killing each other. And, 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 and one, one recent movie remake, though, uh, Evan Almighty, demonstrates that we are never at a loss. You know, we talk about how, how you know, this, we, it's really, we're never at a loss for, for creating ways to bring on floods in our lives. We're never at a loss for it. In the movie, this corrupt politician is cutting corners uh, when he's building this dam. He's building this huge dam, and he's cutting corners, and ultimately, the dam breaks. He brings on the flood because of his sin in cutting the corners and floods this beautiful, this beautiful valley. 
And, and it just shows us how, how in our own lives, how in our own lives we, we continue to live in certain ways and it affects our lives. Our choices affect how we live our lives and God's response. Our sinful decisions will bring on the rain. It, there's no way around it. We have a God who is eternal. We have a God who is unchanging. And that same God from Noah's time is the same God now. So when we sin, we are going to bring on the rain. We are going to bring on the floods in our life. God is going to judge our sin. But, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is a great series so far. And the first promise is all about confronting my sin. I'm glad I came. Woohoo! You know, you're excited. I can tell. You're all smiles and everything, me talking about sin. I don't think you're supposed to talk about sin anymore, even in church, but I'm going to break the whole, the whole, that whole thing and go against the, the grain and talk about sin in church. Is that okay with you guys? Because we are sinners, so I'm going to talk about it. So God says, first thing, God says, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to sin. Okay, but there's, but there's more to this story. This is not the only moral of the account of, of Noah. As we journey through this incredible story, uh, we learn another promise. And this is the promise that we learn. The second promise that we learn is that God is not going to forget his people. God is not going to forget his people. God does not forget those who are his. He will not forget you. He will not leave you alone. God does not forget his people. In Noah's story, uh, where, where there are numerous assurances that God gives to his people. Let me give you a couple of four examples. At the beginning of Noah's story, when God sees that the world has become so corrupt that he has to start over, he, he, he remembers, it says that he remembers, he remembers Noah and his families. He remembers. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, it says that Noah found favor in the sight of God. So Noah finds favor. God remembers him. And he finds favor in the sight of God. And what this is called, this favor is, when, when you get this unmerited favor is called grace. When God gives you unmerited favor, it is called grace. So he finds grace. God gives him grace. Then in the middle of Noah, this story, in Genesis chapter 8 in verse 1, it says, God remembered Noah and all the animals that were with him in the ark. You know what, my friends? When things look the darkest, when the floods of life come, he remembers us. In your life, when you're going through the most difficult time, when you're really struggling, when you don't know how to handle what's going on in your life, when the darkest time comes, God remembers us. He doesn't forget us. He's there with us. In the floods of life, uh, you know, when, when all things are falling in around us, we can rest on the promise of God that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. That is the promise that God has given to us. So no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter how much you're struggling, whatever it is, God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I'm going to be there for you. It's a promise. You have to understand these are God's promises. He doesn't just dangle things in front of you and say it in a way that kind of shifts it around. God promises something. And if God promises something to you, then he will follow through with, with what he has promised. And God promises that he will always be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is there. He remembers us. When we're going through whatever it is, God remembers us. We need to remember when the water came, the ark, think about this. When the water came, the ark was floating on top of the raging flood. On top. 
They didn't, get, they didn't get carried away. They didn't get swept away in all that was going on. They didn't drown in all the chaos. The ark was floating on top of all the raging flood. While the water swirled around them, they were kept safe. That is a promise. Think through that. How God takes care of his own. God will help you. God will bring you up from the depths and he will drag you out and he will revive you and he will restore you. God promises we will ultimately pulled up. God will protect us. God says in his word that he will always be there with you. And you know what? You're going to, you probably, some of you are probably going through the most difficult time of your entire life. And you're wondering what is going on. And the promise of God is that he has not forgotten you. He remembers you and he'll be there for you regardless from beginning to the end of this crisis. God is going to be with you. God knows what you're going through this morning. And he will not abandon you. He knows what you're struggling with this morning. He knows the sin that tempts you this morning. He knows those people around you who are, who are really bringing on a lot of pain in your life. And God is saying, I remember you. I'm going to be there for you. I will carry you through this entire, this entire, the entirety of this difficult time. I'm going to be there for you. You know, as you read through this story, sometimes we read it to our kids and we just go through and we tell, look, two by two, the animals go on. And we miss some really good parts. You know, think about this. Who closed the door of the ark? Yeah. I mean, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16 says, Then the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. You could read that story 50 times and just pass right over that. The Lord shut him in. God is the one who takes care of things. When God, listen, when God makes a promise, God takes care of all the details around that promise. You can trust him. When God makes a promise, he covers all the details. You can trust him and we need to trust him because in life, as in the ark, we are not in control. We're not in control. Sometimes you would think you would like, you think you're in control. Something maybe happened in your life and you desire to have control. But the reality is, just like in the ark, the ark, let me ask you another question. Or if you remember this. When God shuts them in, the waters come and irradiate. You know what else is happening with the, the ark? It's just going where God chooses it for it to go because the ark had no rudder and no sails. So God shuts them in, no rudder, no sails. I would think at this point they would realize they have no control. Okay? They're on a ride. And so are you. And God is in control. God is in control of your life. No matter what the enemy throws at you, understand, ultimately, God is in control. No matter what you've done in your life to put yourself in whatever position, God can still work in that situation because God is in control. You need to trust him to close you in and don't try to take it once you're closed in and try to grab a wheel. It's not even there. God is in control of our lives. He's the one who shut them in. There is no rudder. There's no way to get around. God is the one who's in control of the flood and our lives as well. How many times, think about this, how many times has God protected you from the storms of life? How many times have you found yourself on the ark when everything else, when everything else around you, you're, you, you is just sinking down? How many times has God rescued you from so many situations? Can you think of a time in your life where you've been, say, overwhelmed with a financial strain? Or, 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 your, or, or a marital storm? 
or a, or a, 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 medical, con, a medical crisis. You've been, you've been in, enveloped in that. How many times you've, been, you've gone through something like that in your life, that crisis, you felt like the floodwaters were just sweeping over you and you were being pulled down. And maybe in your life you felt like, God, where are you? Like, where, I don't know where God is. Maybe that you felt like God had left you and God had abandoned you. When you're going through those thoughts, I want you to keep this in mind. When you're going through those thoughts... Remember Noah's ark riding on the waters of the flood and God remembering Noah and his family. God raised them up. God remembered Noah and his family. What a great, I mean, telling you, man, 2009, 2009 is going to be rough. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think 2009 is going to be one of the toughest times in our lives. In 2009, the struggles that we're going to face, the challenges, the battles that we're going to face in 2009, moral battles, economic battles, all these battles, they're coming and they're not going to quit in 2009. But this is going to be a tough year. And what, what a time for us now to go through the promises of God and know that regardless of what happens around us, regardless of what they throw at us in the world, the world throws at us or the enemy throws at us, regardless of your finances, regardless of the of medical crisis, regardless of all these things, things that God says, I am here. I remember you. I haven't forgotten about you, individual. This isn't about, God is, God is a God of individuals. Obviously, yes, he, we are the body of Christ, but he remembers you and, you and you and you and you and you and you and you. He remembers you specifically. He hasn't forgotten anything. He knows every single situation you're going through. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows why you're struggling with it. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows it all. And he's saying, I remember you. Don't, don't worry about this. I'm in control. I will help you through this from beginning to end. I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you. I promise to remember you. I promise I will continue to remember you. And there's another story that comes to mind in, 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 in Jonah. In Jonah chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it says this, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Put yourself in his situation. Some of you feel this way right now. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. I don't know what pit you're in right now. And there's a lot of, maybe you're in multiple pits. Maybe you're in multiple, and you're saying, Lord God, I feel like I'm ready to drown. I, the waters have swept over me. I feel like seaweed's pulling me down. And God is saying, I remember you. I remember you. We'll get through this together. I will pick you up out of the water. I will save you from the water. I will save you from the flood. I will protect you from the rain. We will get through this together. God is not going to forget you. That is a promise. He is not going to let you drown. That is a promise. Regardless of what is thrown at you this year or in the years to come, God says, I promise. And when God says, I promise something, it's a promise. It isn't a false promise. It isn't dangled in front of you like your family does and I'll offer you this if you give me this or I'll do this or that or anything else. It isn't fast talk or neat little writing. It is a promise. It is written in stone. It's a promise from God and you can depend on it and I don't care what pit you're in right now. What we need to do is we need to depend on God and say, God, I trust you. I trust your promises and I know you're going to bring me out of this pit and I know you're going to carry me through the difficult time. Why? Because you promised you would do it. Not by my own strength. Not by my own power, but by your power, by your strength. 
I give it all to you. I know, God, you did not forget Noah. You did not forget Jonah. And you will not forget me. God will not forget me. The struggles I face today, tomorrow, and the years to come, God is not going to forget Jeff Greer. God is not going to forget any one of you. He remembers his people. He remembers. God made a covenant with Noah. It's a covenant that God promises that he will, that he will keep us forever, that we will be with him, that he will not forget us or any of the creatures he made. It is a promise that God will not destroy the earth again because of the sinfulness of man. It is a promise. God says, I promise. I've done that one time. I will not do the same thing again. I have made you a promise and I will fulfill my promise. I will fulfill the promise I made to you. And as a sign of this covenant, God sets a rainbow in the sky. His promise, his promise, so that whenever it's raining in your life or in my life, we can know, we can have a hope that soon the rain, the flood will come to an end. It isn't everlasting. It will come to an end. God will give us all that we need to make it through and it will come to an end. You are not forgotten, and you are not alone. You're not alone. You know, I've noticed something else about rainbows. Um, we have great rainbows here in Ohio. In other parts of the country, you know, they have mountains. Oh, we got mountains. You don't have any mountains. You know what? You can't really see rainbows either sometimes in other parts of the country, the way you can see them here. Those, those whole full rainbows. I only saw one before I moved here. I've seen a rainbow and a rainbow above it, like a double full rainbow. I love those. But you know what I've noticed about rainbows? I've noticed that rainbows often show up before the rain ends. I can see the rainbow before the rain is over, before the flood is done. I can see it. And I, I, you know, just for me, I, I just think that's God's way of saying, you know what? There it is. This rain will end soon. It will come to an end. This won't last forever. It's coming. You can't have that rainbow without that. You know why? You cannot have a rainbow without the sun's light shining to create it. You can't have it. So when you see that rainbow, you know the sun is there. You know the sun's light is shining. And soon, soon, the rain will end and the flood will be over and God will continue to be your God and help you in whatever crisis you find yourself in. You can trust him. You can trust him. One other thing uh, that I, I, I noticed here as I was reading through this, there, there is no if clause you know, there's so many if. Well, if you do this for me, then I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. There's no if clause. If you obey me, if you love me, if you worship me, then I'll do this or I'll do that. That's not what he says here. He doesn't say that. There's no if clause. It's not if, then, when, I'll do this. No, God says, I am going to do this. Regardless of what you do, regardless of what you choose to do, I promise, this is my promise that I made, and I'm going to follow through with my promise. God's covenant to Noah is unconditional. It's an unconditional promise. God promises to remember us. Listen to this. He promises to remember us even when we forget him. Uh, you know what? Every single one of us who's over five or ten years old is a Christian. At one time in your life, you've probably forgotten God a little bit. Now, you still come to church, and you know, if someone said, are you a Christian? Yeah, you'd say it, you know, and you didn't go and hurt anybody. But you know what? You, you, you forgot him. You kind of are doing your own thing, and, and God says, you know what? I'm going to remember you. I'm going to love you even when you forget me, even when you don't show love to me. 
I'm going to remember you because I made a covenant and that covenant says I love you. And it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not conditional love. It's unconditional love that God gives to his people. No matter what we've done, no matter how far we've walked away from him, when, when, when I call on him, when you call on him, when we, when we need him, when we seek him, he opens the door and welcomes us home. I mean, what a great relationship. What an incredible relationship we have with an incredible God who makes incredible promises and he keeps those promises. You know, we can hurt God. We can hurt God with our behavior. We can reject God with our words. We can abandon God with our choices. And despite, despite, the, uh, despite our sinfulness, despite all the things that we do to hurt other people and to hurt ourselves, God's, con- God continues to keep his promises. God continues to be faithful. God says, I promise I will not abandon you. I will not leave you alone. I will not forget you. I will remember you and I will love you. And that is my promise. And God does remember us and God does pursue us and God wants us to love him and to come to him regardless of what we have done. He wants that relationship regardless of what we've done. God call, you know, God calls us like a parent calls its child, like you call your child. When your child is going through something, your child is hurting. Regardless, if your child frustrated you the day before, frustrated you an hour before, when your child calls to you, mom or dad, I need you. You don't sit around and go, well, you know what? You really kicked me off two hours ago. So even though you're crying out to me, you go do your own thing. You, I'll, I'll pick you up and comfort you when, you, when, when I feel better about you. That's not what a parent does. And it's certainly not what God does. And here's the thing. We sometimes feel like, well, how can this be? You know, last night, you can't believe what I did last night or last week or last year or a couple of years ago. And you're thinking, how can God pick me up in his arms like a mother picks up her child and embraces and loves that child? Because your behavior, God's not conditioned by your behavior. His love is unconditional for you. And when you call upon him, when you repent and you get and you say, God, I want to come back. I want you. I need you. I need your help. God's not sitting around saying, well, you know, that two or three weeks ago, I really didn't like what you did. So therefore, I'm not going to respond to you now. God loves us. And God desires to respond to us because we are his children and he is our parent and he wants to embrace us like a parent embraces a child. That is his promise. He loves us that much. He loves us that much. God's not, not going to forget you. He's not going to forget you. You know, I'll tell you what. God loves us so much and this, that, that, that love leads us to the la- last leg in our journey through Noah's story. You know, I don't, think, I don't think things have gotten so much better since the time of Noah. I, I don't think things have gotten just so much better in this world. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. Even though things haven't gotten so much better, God made a promise. And instead of sending a flood, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. God made a promise to his people, to his creation. And instead of sending a flood on all the generations from that one to this one, God didn't send a flood. God sent his son, Jesus Christ. God sent his only son. This time, instead of people, listen, instead of people dying for their sin, for all of their sin, one man, Jesus, 
died for all the sin of all the people, and that includes us. What a promise. What a fulfillment of a promise. God's covenant made with Noah, symbolized by a rainbow, was fulfilled, listen to this, that was fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of that, he became our friend. You know, a good friend, a good friend, having a friend, having a good friend is one of the greatest treasures on this earth. To have a friend, to have someone that you can count on. You know, to have a friend is someone you can trust in, someone you can depend on, someone you can go to and tell all of your issues and all of your problems, someone you can turn to. My friends, we, 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 we have in Christ the most amazing friend, the most incredible friend. There's no one beyond him. There's nothing beyond him. This is the greatest friendship you can ever have in your life, in your life. You know, a great friend, a great friend doesn't do for you because you do for them. They don't do for you and expect something in return. A good friend is not judgmental. A good friend is, is not conditional. And a good friend does not manipulate. And we have the greatest friend, the most incredible friend possible in Jesus Christ. Now, some of you are thinking, well, you know what? I, this whole idea about friendship, I can understand. I worship him. I serve him. He's my God. I, I, I'm in awe of him. I fear him. You're talking about God. But this whole friendship thing. But he have to, you have to remember, Jesus, Jesus called his disciples friends. In John chapter 15 and verse 15, he says this, I no longer call you servants because servants servants do not know their master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus changed the relationship that previously existed between God and man. He brought a new dimension to this relationship, a new dimension. And God wants us to, God wants us to have that, he wants to have that relationship with us. He wants to be in an intimate relationship with us. You are no longer his servants. It, it, yes, we are his servants, but we are also his friends. We are called friends. He says in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this. He stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. And he goes on to say, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and you will, and, to you and eat with you and you with me. The question this morning, the question I have for you this morning is how are you going to respond to Jesus? How are you going to respond to Jesus? Will you open the door? How are you going to respond to him, his offer of friendship? Here's what God wants. God wants you to say yes in response. God wants you to say yes to his friendship. God wants you to say yes to his love. He wants to give you a gift beyond your greatest imagination. God wants you to open up the door of your life and let him come in. The rain may fall and the waters may rise, but God says, I will be with you. I am your God. You can trust me. Those waters may rise, my friends, but the good news, the gospel, is that God is never going to let us drown. God is nowhere, never going to give in and let us go down. God is going to be there for us. God, through his son Jesus Christ, has rescued us. When you feel like you're in the pit, God has sent his son to reach down and pull you up out of the water. No matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what struggles that you've gone through in the past and you're struggling through right now, you can trust him. God will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. 
Noah's story reminds us that God remembers us and extends his saving hand of friendship. He loves us, he forgives us, and he wants us to have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. You remember when you were younger? There were kind of rules as a child, different rules. One of, them, one of the rules is do-over, right? You got the do-over. You get the ball into the tree and you get a do-over. And the other one is I call it. You ever know, you know the call it thing? I call it. I don't care how old you are, from youngest to oldest, if you're under 13 years old, if you call it, that's it, okay? It's a rule. It's like this unwritten law. Kids can break all kinds of other things, but when it comes to that rule, I call it, that's it. In the front seat, I call it. You can be, your, your friends can be four or five years older than you, but you know, they, they, oh, they go, oh, I called it. Oh. I should have I called it. I knew I should have called it in the house. Got outside and he called it. And that's it. And the, the big brother doesn't grab his brother and throw him out of the front seat. He just, there, he called I can't believe I should know better. I'm older. He called it. And the other one is do-over, Right? The do-over. You're playing a game and someone kicks the ball, sticks in the tree and everything. You could be ahead. Oh, do-over. Do-over. Hit the... Ah, do-over. And, no, and usually people don't argue the do-over. A little more maybe than the... I called it. But the do-over is pretty... And that's what God is saying. You know what? God is saying, you know what? You need to call it. You need to call it. And you need to have a do-over. And I'm going to give you that do-over. You can start all over again. You can start fresh. You can start from the very beginning. You know what you did last night? You, you ask God to forgive you, and you move along. You move on. Remember last week, the week before, a year ago, whatever it was, God says, you know what? You can have a do-over. You can have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. You don't have to carry that stuff around with you anymore. I don't want you carrying around all that weight on your back. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel condemned. That's not of me. God doesn't make you feel condemned. God makes us feel convicted. When we get conviction, we ask for forgiveness. When we get forgiveness, we move on. That's the gospel. That is what Jesus Christ has done for us. God says you can have a do-over every single day. You can have a new beginning in Christ every single day. That's my promise. That is what I am offering you. God has made so many promises in his word to us. But the promise that we have got a friend in Jesus is a promise of unending friendship with God. And my friends, the fact that he has promised us that relationship with Jesus Christ is the most precious promise that we will ever have. The most precious promise. Bow your heads with me as we close. Just bow your heads for a moment. How many of us this morning will say yes to this offer of friendship? God is offering you a friendship with Jesus Christ. God made a promise and the fulfillment of his promise is sending his son Jesus Christ and he's saying, I I want to have a relationship with you. I am offering my friendship to you. How many of us this morning will say yes to that friendship? How many of us this morning will say yes to the promises for our lives that God has given to us? God has promised us so much. How many of us want to say yes to that relationship and yes to all of his promises? The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If that is your desire this morning, then this is what I want you to do. I want you to say yes in your heart and I want you to reach up your hand to God 
If you desire for the first time maybe in your life to say, Lord God, I've been listening to this and I need your promises in my life. I want your friendship in my life. Then what I would like you to do is say yes in your heart and very quickly up and down, reach your hand up to God right now. Just reach it up. Amen. Wow. Oh, God is, heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing for those hands that have gone up. Heaven is rejoicing because you are a friend of God. You have that intimate relationship with God. Now, there are others here this morning. You know what? You say, I have that relationship with God already. I am a friend of God, but I have not been living like a friend. I've been doing my own thing. I've been, I've been doing some things I shouldn't be doing. I've walked away from God. I, I've turned my back on him. But he's never, turned, he's never turned his back on you. And God is saying to you, I want to give you a new beginning, a fresh start. That's the great thing about being a Christian, a fresh start every single day, every single moment because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have, my friend, listen to me, you have not walked too far away from God. You have not walked too far away from God. Open your eyes for just a second. I'm going to ask you to close them again. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to see this, okay? You think, you think in your mind, some of you are thinking this. I know it, because no matter how much you are told theologically it's not true, you think it. But let me just give you a word picture, okay? You think you've walked, if God, you think, there's God, you think he's right over here, and you've walked all the way over here, and you're, oh, I've walked so far away from God, I've walked so far away from God. I'm so so far away from God, and all of a sudden you, turn, you want to turn around, you know what? He's right in your face. You can walk as far as you want. He's not going anywhere. So stop with this, your own, your own human thought process that says, I've walked so far away from God. You, I guess you are, some, you are beyond the rest of all of mortal men because somehow you alone in all of, in all of eternity and all of the universe can walk away from God and he's so far away. The moment you turn around, he's right in your face. He hasn't gone anywhere. Close your eyes again. I want that word picture in your mind. Now, God is saying to you, I want to give you a new beginning. I want to give you a new beginning. I want you to start over. Stop listening to the evil one telling you that you're condemned right now. Stop it. Get it out of your mind. You're not condemned. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Is Christ's blood not sufficient for you? Say yes to God right now. And say, God, I want a new beginning. I want to start over. Forgive me for all those things I've done. I may mess up again. But right now, I want you to forgive me. Please, God, forgive me. And next time I mess up, I want you to please forgive me again. You just keep asking him and he'll give you a new beginning. I want you to reach up your hand right now and say yes to God. And I want a new beginning. Give me it, please, Lord. Give me that new beginning. Let him take your hand if you want that new beginning. Outstanding. Outstanding. It is yours. It is a new beginning. Not because I say so, but because God says so, because God has promised that. I want you all here to walk out this morning knowing that you have a relationship with a God who promises to meet all of your needs. And God, we know that's true. And we ask, dear God, as we close this time out, 
We ask, dear God, that you would touch each one of our hearts in a powerful way. For those who have given their lives to you this morning in both services, Lord God, we praise you and we thank you for the, for the growth that we see in people's lives, for the transformation that is happening in people's lives. God, we praise you for that. We're overwhelmed by it. We're so excited about each person who's given their life to you. And God, we are excited for those who've said enough is enough. I've walked far enough away. I want to turn around and have you right in my face. I need you in my face. I need you so close to me that when I turn around, I can just get a giant hug right away. I don't have to work my way back toward anything. All I need to do because of what your son Jesus Christ did on the cross, all I need to do because of the promise that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ is to turn around and I get a hug that is beyond anything else. And that's what I need. And God, I need it now. And God, I praise you for it. I praise you for it. And our Father, as we watch this last video and we see your truth expressed, as we see your truth displayed, we pray that we would be excited, that we would, that we would remember, that we would own these in our hearts. And Lord God, that we'd apply them to our lives in Jesus' name.